The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Last week we started a series in the letter to James, letter of James. And to borrow from Pastor John's introduction last week, he said that this is one of the most practical pieces of text in all of scripture. And I want to add this morning that that is a gift to us. That is a gift to the church. That is a gift to us here as the church in the 21st century. As we seek to walk with Jesus and with each other in everyday life that has to-dos, that has how-tos, where questions surface as to how do I live my best life in God today? So I'd like for us to continue that journey this morning. And I want to do that by exploring three things in this text this morning. And, And we're actually, if you have your Bible, open it up again. We're in the first chapter of James. And we're going to break this up in three parts. And I believe that God wants to speak to us to something very real and very practical in all of us, maybe one of these things and maybe in all of these ways, as we seek to grow together in faith. So this is verse 19. And I have a little bit of different version than than we just read. It's to help us to hear the Word of God in a fresh way. It says this, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Friends, I believe one of the biggest obstacles for walking close, closely with God is anger. It's anger. One of my, ment- one of my mentors said uh, recently, and, and it, it, he said it in such a clear way that I grabbed it on and put it, put it in my pocket, and I've just been meditating on this for a few weeks now. He said, our peace with God depends on our peace with each other. Our peace with God depends on our peace with each other. Think about that. I mean, when was the last time that you were standing in in the presence of a very angry person and you closed your eyes and you said, I, that was Jesus. That was obviously Jesus in my presence. I mean, that, that is exactly how I know the presence of Jesus to be, angry and aggressive and just out of control. I mean, I I don't think I've ever experienced that. And it makes sense. And you know that while reconciliation might be a, a, a thing that is not in our grasp right now with the person, letting go of anger is. Making peace with the situation, making peace with a person and saying, I will cease looking to get even right now. That is something that is in our control. 
And in the abiding zone of God's peace, and in the abiding zone where God draws us to be near to him, there is no anger. There's only grace. So this morning, for a lot of us that are asking the question, how do I draw closer to God? I believe that's one place we can look. One place we can start. Check, check the reality that we're living in right now. The people among whom we find ourselves right now. And decide today that any unresolved angers we can let go and let God draw us near to his presence. Let's read verse 21. It says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. James articulates in this verse something that we know as our path towards sanctification. Our path towards Christian perfection. Another way we say it is the Spirit of God transforming us. And what I love that, that James does here so clearly for us, for the church, is make it so that we can see that it is not a step one, step two, step three. But in fact, a simultaneous movement of us putting aside filthiness, putting aside the effects of sin, literally ex excavating it from our hearts and from our lives, and at the same time, receiving from God the word that is powerful to save us. Why is that important? Somehow in our achievement culture, a myth has infiltrated the church that says that you must first get right before you get God. And so when we lament the fact that we're not feeling the presence of God in our lives like we want to, our prayer doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. We, we do things and just don't, it just ask quite literally out loud, God, where are you? And so as we auto-analyze, like we tend to do, and we search within, the logical thing to say, well, it's, it's because I have all this sin. I need to deal with this sin. It's because I have all these broken parts of my life. I need to deal with that. And the more we look at that, the bigger the mountain looks. But God has placed us in a community of love and forgiveness. Right here, right now. And the intention of that is so that we can walk and support and encourage one another on this journey of Christian perfection. It's not a step one, get right and then you may feel the presence of God. It is walk together, be with one another, experience the presence of God that comes to transform. And as you do that, as you set aside the things that are evil, as you set aside the things that try to destroy you, 
the word of God that is powerful to say is here for you to receive, to welcome. What is that word? You know, Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, said these words, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose it to you. If you want to know what the word that has the power to save that God has for you is this morning, all we have to do is ask the Holy Spirit. Just ask. Another way that the Spirit speaks to us is the way Paul says in Romans. He says that the Holy Spirit testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. And for a lot of us, myself included, that is something that I need to hear and know every day. The word that is powerful to save our lives is available to us right here, right now. We don't have to wait for it. We just have to ask. Let's look at verse 22. James says, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what that kind of person or what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Friends, in this verse, in these few verses, I think it's a major opportunity for breakthrough and our drawing near to God for a lot of Christians. Because if you're like me, I, I, was, I was one of the ones that grew up in church. You know, we, we explain our church family, the, we, the way we explain our Texan family. Some of us were lucky enough to be born in Texas. Others got here as fast as they could. And so that works the same way in Jesus, right? And so I grew up in the church, but I realized that my view of Christianity was defined largely by what, by what Christians don't do. So if you were to ask me, even at my young age, I would probably describe my Christian experience, well, we don't do this, we don't do that, we do this, and it's just all these sets of rules. That is an easy way and a logical way for us to understand our relationship with God. And yet, as I read this verse, I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit stirring my heart to look a little closer at the word doer. It shows up for the first time there in verse 22. But you know that the word doer in the original language in Greek is the word poetai. 
Poet Thai. Did you hear a, a, an English word that we know in there? Did y'all hear it? It's poet. James is saying right here as he's explaining, what do we do with this word of truth? What do we do with the transformation and the work of God in our lives? He's literally saying, be poets of the truth. And I don't know about you, but the poets and the artists and the creators and the makers that I know, when they are at their best, they don't just sit around fretting about rules. They don't sit around worried about messing up. When they're at their best, from, literally from their inside out, beautiful things become, start to come out. Beautiful things start to, to surface. And you look at that and you say, wow, how did you do that? Where did that idea come from? And you, you, you've seen this, or you've had this experience. If you've ever been to a concert, or if you looked at a painting, or if you've read a poem that just touched you very deeply. And what I want to propose this morning is that that is what our Christian experience should be like. In other words, we should feel more alive right now than we ever have. That doesn't mean our problems just go away. I want to be very clear about that. In the interest of transparency, that doesn't mean that everything and everything just fades away and everything is like a movie, crystal clear and perfect. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm suggesting is that in the, even in the middle of our reality, whatever that may be right now, the Word of God and the work of God is powerful to save us so much so that we could literally testify that we've never been more alive than we have right now because of the power of Christ. So what does that mean? It's like going to the pool when we were kids. They don't have so many of those anymore, like everybody has their own pool. But used to, you had like a neighborhood pool and that's where you hung out, right? Some of us in our Christian experience has been like the kids that go to the pool and know all of the rules that are posted and where they're posted, like one through 10. They can tell you that's the rules. You don't run. You don't distract the lifeguard. You don't do all this stuff, right? And if you know all of that, you know perhaps the specs of the pool. You can probably tell me how much water it holds and what the temperature is and what are the ideal conditions for, for a perfect somersault splash to happen. Now you can, you can explain that to the T. And that is great and it's useful and it's helpful. 
But what God is inviting us to do as Christians to feel the most alive that we ever have is to jump into the pool, to splash into the pool, to get in here and get wet and not worry about who thinks what. The Spirit of God is available to us right now, right here. And friends, I want to invite you this morning. I want to remind you first off that God is here to meet with us. If you have been walking for any amount of time just saying to yourself, I don't know where God is, God is right here. And you have not disqualified yourself from his presence. God is right here. And I want to invite you. I want to invite you to jump in. If you want to experience the power of the transformation that God has for all of us, that would be unexplainable because we do, we do live through hard things. We do live through trials and tribulations. We do have sickness and we do have all kinds of things. But in the midst of all of that, we can be the most alive that we've ever been in God and we can do something with that. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.